Now, family, I, I want to say I'm still hurting. I've never cried so much in my life as in this season. My prayer life has had to go to a new level, um, but my confidence and dependence on God has never been greater. And I think that's what we've got to understand. At the same time, stuff going on, but God's moving, and God is real. It's like Pastor Tuck talked about last week. When the storms come, we've got two choices. We can hide or we can soar. And that thought that he shared that we are called to soar has been rattling around in my spirit all week. You are called to soar. We are called to soar as individuals and as a church. And our roots have to go down deeper. The storms that we have faced, the storms that we are facing are going to cause us to go higher, to go higher in God. But we have to see it and we have to understand it. You know, I believe that it's going to cause not just our church, but the Church of New Zealand this season to start taking back the ground that we've stolen. But I believe in my spirit when I was writing that, and some. It's not we're just going to take back ground. We're going to take back ground and then some, because that is the God that we serve. And what's really interesting and they say this, they or whoever they are. They say that in crises or crises, there are many opportunities. And I've read that throughout history. What's really interesting is crisis precedes a spiritual renewal. And I think most of us would agree our nation right now needs a spiritual renewal, doesn't it? We need God to turn up. And it's interesting, as I've been meeting with pastors and talking to them about what's been going on lately, different ones have made a statement, and, and somebody put it in these words, it feels like the church of New Zealand is out of breath, that we're tired, that we're running on empty. It's been a long season, it's been a long two years. But then they said this words, but we are ready for a new breath. We are ready for a new breath. Aren't we ready for God to move? We may be out of breath, but we need God's breath. We need God to move. And I think it's time that we actually got something in our spirit saying, God, you are the answer and we need you to come. You know, it's crazy. There are crises happening everywhere in families, in churches, right around the world. But it's interesting that David and Greta came and prophesied, the dawn is coming. The dawn is coming. And when you think about it, just before the dawn, it's the darkest. It's the coldest. And we can't lose sight. They didn't come to speak a message. They came to prophetically declare a word that the dawn is coming. And Isaiah 43, what does it say? God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I want to say this, COVID, and you've got to get this. It might, it might be on the screen. COVID isn't an interruption. It's a disruption. And you're like, what? what does that mean? See, I think many of us are hoping that when COVID goes away or when things, the mandates and everything disappear, that we're going to get back to normal. I'm sorry, we're not. Do you know why we're not? Because COVID hasn't just changed things and we're going to get back to normal. No, it's a disruption and there's going to be a new normal. But God's going to use that. God's going to use this disruption to do something in our nation. We need it. It has shaken so many things. It's caused so many questions to come up. Right now, people are asking, what is going on? Is this really real? We're asking the question, when will we be allowed to come to church or go out without a mask? What is life really about? 
What really is the truth? Now let me tell you, we know what the truth is and it certainly doesn't come only from the pulpit of truth in Wellington, does it? See, our truth, our true north is only found in a Bible. It's only found in the Word of God. It is our foundation. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us, to, to show us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. See, the world right now is in an identity crisis. But unfortunately, so is the church. I wonder if we've forgotten who we are. For many of us, we've allowed temporary things like feelings and emotions, like circumstances, tell us who we are and what we believe. The local church, that's you, that's me, that's every one of us. Not the organisation, is the hope of the world. We're the hope of our communities. We're the hope of our city. You know, Tamaki Makoto and Aotearoa is not going to see transformation until the church knows who we really are until the church really knows our true identity. You know, there were many mistakes, and we're not going to go into them, that happened over the last two years, but I believe the church made one. See, the church didn't stand up and fight for the fact that we are an essential service. The church is and always has been an essential service. We allow the leaders of our nation to put the church in the category of a leisure activity, a sports club or a social club. Society thinks that the church is no longer relevant or no longer essential. But let me tell you, we are essential. We have and always will be the spiritual pillar of our society. We are. And the enemy has tried, in many cases, succeeded to steal our true identity. That's why I want us to look at identity labels and truth. See, our identity can come from many places. It can come from what we do, our jobs or our hobbies. I'm a pastor, I'm sure there's a baker, maybe a candlestick maker in here. (laughs) You know, um, not our jobs, we come from who we are. We're a father or mother, husband, wife, son, daughter. Actually, our identity can come from our families itself. See, just so you know, I'm Sam Tolley. A lot of my pastor friends call me Sam Barner, but I'm Sam Tolley. I'm just putting it out there, just to clarify (laughs) See, our identity come from our cultural race. We often wear that as a big label, and that's okay. But it's not our true identity. Can I just say, how good was it if you watched it to see Moana Pacifica win on Friday night and to have Ray debuting for the team? Ray's from our church, if you didn't know. But our identity can come from so many things. You know, a lot of people wear labels, good or bad, about their wealth or home ownership status. That's not your true identity. That's not who you are. Sex or gender, man, that is a minefield at the moment. We allow society, media, the government to put labels on us. Let me use these words, vaxxed or unvaxxed. How we allow that to define who we are? Man, I I just think we've, we've lost sight of who we really are. But let's not just blame the world. Man, is the church much different? Baptists, Pentecostals, Anglicans, Presbyterians, labels are everywhere. We allow people to put labels or define who we are and say who our identity is. But you know what I believe today? I believe today that God wants us right now to rip off those labels, 
to remove those things that we've allowed to be placed on our lives because they're not your true identity. They're not my true identity. And when we know who we are, it makes a massive difference to how we live. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you'll know this. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. He, amazing things. But see, he thinks things. He knows who you are and he thinks them over your life. Now let me just be clear. This is not about you coming out and going, I've seen a little thing on social media, I believe I'm a motorbike or something. You can't just believe who you are. I mean, I would like to be a Samoan. I'm not gonna tell you why, you know, but I'm not. I'm not, you can see, I am not a Samoan. The other thing I'd like to be, I'd like to be a comedian. But Jody tells me most days I'm not funny, so there you go. Actually, I, I was pretty funny the other day. I put a post on social media, and some of you have seen it. If you haven't seen it, let me just say go and, go and see it. And, and the reactions are more funny than the post itself. But anyway, I want us to look at three truths, three true identities that we can't know. And this is the problem. I think the church knows them, but we don't live them. And that is how the devil's winning because he's stolen our identity because we just know it up here. We need to know that we are forgiven, that you're accepted, and that you're a child of God. The prodigal son brings this out so clearly. You know what did he do? He lived a wild life. Nobody forced him. Nobody made him. It was his decision to go off and live a wild life. And I just want to say, I don't know who this is for, but you cannot let the behavior of your children define you. You've done the best job you can, and I, I don't know who this is for. It's their decision. We just have to be there for them. We just have to support them. But you can't let what your children do or become define you. I, I don't know who that's for, but we have to understand that. And that's what happened with the prodigal son. He hit rock bottom, and he realized, what did he realize? That he was better off being an employee of his father than where he was right now. He'd thrown away his birthright. He could no longer in his mind be called a son. I would no longer be welcomed in my family. So he made this plan, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna see if my dad will hire me. Not accept me, but hire me and be my boss. Not my father, but my employer. See what was happening? The boy was dealing with his identity. He didn't know who he was anymore. He was struggling, but he had a plan. This is how I'm going to fit in. This is how I'm going to find my place. He believed that worth was earned, that he had lost his right, and he no longer was worthy to be part of the family. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you've done something and you feel like you don't even belong in church anymore. Well, let this message speak to you. Let's look at Luke 15, verse 20. This is what the son did. So he got up and went to his father, trying to become an employee. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to his father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, but now is alive. He was lost and now is found. So they began to celebrate. He, the son had lost his identity. He'd forgiven, first of all, 
like some of us can do, that we are forgiven. And let me say it, you are forgiven today. It doesn't matter what you've done because in Christ, 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. But this is where you gotta understand. We gotta understand what that means. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, through the forgiveness of sin. The Passion Translation for that says something really interesting. Since we're joined to Christ, now if you're not joined to Christ, we can sort that out. I know how to connect you with Christ. But if we're joined to Christ, we have been given the treasure of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins. Now, if you're around my age, there used to be a band that sung the song called No Fishing. And what that's saying is, when you ask God to forgive you, he forgets your sins. It's like you never did it. But we've got this problem. We go fishing and try and bring them back up. But God's like, I can't remember it. Because why? Because you've been forgiven. And see, we gotta live it. We gotta own it. That's got to be our identity. He has forgiven us. Romans 6 says you have been set free. You've been set free of your past mistakes. You know what? Some of us wear them as labels. And some people put them on us so we don't forget. But most of the time we put them on ourselves. And let me tell you, whatever you've done, it's forgiven. Whatever you've done, it doesn't matter what it is, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And that has to be your identity. You have to own it, that you are forgiven. Now, right now, because there's three areas, but right now, I don't know where it is, but wherever you are, why don't you just close your eyes? And, and I think some of us need to, what is that thing that you're not letting go? What is that thing that you've done that you're not letting go? That you're not accepting total forgiveness for? Right now, you, you'll know it, you'll remember it. Maybe it's like four decades ago. Maybe it's last week. If you ask for forgiveness, God forgave you. But you have to take it off. It's not your identity. That mistake, that thing that you did, that sin, big or small, remove it. Maybe physically right now, remove it. Wherever you are, just remove it from your life. Allow God to take it off because you are forgiven and that is your true identity. You can open your eyes now. Romans 8 verse 33 says, who shall bring a charge against you? No one can bring this charge against you. Why? Because God has chosen you and it is God who justifies. And I love this word justifies. Just as if you've never sinned. That's what it means. Just as if. He can't remember, it's gone. God's not putting it on you. But then in that verse, Romans 8, it brings us to the next point. God has chosen you. You are chosen and accepted. Some of you will even find it hard to hear those words. You are chosen by God. You're accepted by God as you are. You don't have to change. You're accepted. You're accepted as you are. John 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me. This is God. But I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. God chose you. He's chosen you. It's so important. And there's an amazing story. If you've got your Bibles, you should actually turn there in Judges 11. I'm going to read it out. But listen to this. Judges 11. This is the story of Jephthah. Starts Judges 11 verse 1. Now Jephthah of Gilead 
was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead. The, name, the place was named after his dad. But his mother was the prostitute. Now, in that few words tells us a lot. One, he was a mistake he wasn't planned. He was born out of wedlock. And then goes on. Gilead's wife also had several sons. This was not Jephthah's wife. And when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. Look at that massive label. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. If you've got a place called Tob, it must be pretty bad. But anyway. (laughs) And soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. You know, what is amazing about Jephthah is he is listed as one of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 alongside Moses and David and Joshua and the likes of Gideon and Sarah and Rahab the prostitute. Why? Because God chose him. God doesn't care about your past. God doesn't care. He looks at you and he says he loves you. He loves every one of you. He accepts you. He has chosen you. You are part of his family. If your family has completely abandoned you like Jephthah's, you've got a family. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 4 from the ERV version says, Brothers and sisters, that's talking to you, because we're family. God loves you. Straight out of Scripture, you need to understand this. God loves you. Can you hear it? Can you receive it? And we know that he has chosen you. You know, I remember back in school days when we used to pick teams. The worst thing was ever being like the last person. Didn't matter how good the people were. If you were the last pick, you just felt like, man, no one wants me. Can I just tell you, God chooses you first. I don't know how he does that, but God chooses you first. He chooses all of us first, just as we are. You don't need to increase your skill or anything. He just chooses you. He wants you on your team. You know, it's something the truth is that I think we battle. We battle being accepted. We battle feeling like we belong. It's funny, you even hear these celebrities who've got everything and they say they still battle. But we don't have to battle. Do you know why? Because our identity is that we are forgiven and that we are chosen and accepted. And when the church starts living that, when we start not knowing it, but owning it, it changes everything. And I want to say we need to know that we're accepted regardless of our past, just like Jephthah. We're accepted even though our lives are currently a mess. You know what's really interesting? The more I go on, the more God reveals and the more I see I'm a mess. Ten years ago, I thought I was way better than I am now. Why? Because God's gentle with us and he chooses. But do you want Who's got a problem? Well, if we're honest, we all got a problem. Who's got a battle? We all got a battle. But we have to be real and know that God doesn't care. God doesn't care. He chooses you. And we don't have to come and try and earn it. God, we're accepted by God. Whether our world appears to be crashing down or not. And it's okay. And you know what I love? Matthew 11 verse 28 makes this so clear. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Right now he's saying, if you're a mess, come. 
If you don't have it sorted out, come. If you're broken, come. If you need me every moment, every day, perfect, come. Because I choose you and I want you. Man, how good is it to hear that? He accepts you in your brokenness and your pain when you don't feel good enough. That's where God says, come. That's when God says, come. He's saying to you, come. Come to me. Come to me every day. Don't, don't back off because you don't feel worthy. No, he accepts you and chooses you. We've got to see it. We've got to own it. We've got to live it. And whatever those things are, I feel the reality is there are hurts that are actually over our heart. There are things that we're actually carrying over our heart. There are identities that, to be honest, people have put on us, but more than anything, there are things that we're holding on to. And we've got to see it, and we've got to break those wrong thoughts. We've got to remove them. We've got to allow God to speak to us and say, God, remove them. I know I'm forgiven, but I know I'm loved, I'm accepted, I'm chosen. We've we got to own it, church. We've got to own it. I don't know what you need to do to remove those thoughts, but if we can, it lets us step into an amazing freedom and it lets us understand and then we can know, we can know the, probably the most powerful one, that you are an adopted child of God. And you say, why adopted? See, because in New Zealand and probably around the world, we understand this thought. When you're an adopted child, it means that those parents have chosen you. They've made a conscious decision to choose you, to bring you into their family. And it's legal. It's happened. And I love this. It's so powerful. Listen to Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. This is not just a made-up concept. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own child. Now we call Him Abba Father. For a spirit joins with our spirit to confirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his ears. I love that word, ears. We are legally his. That's our identity. That is our truth. Whatever labels you're carrying, the biggest identity you need to have is, I am God's child. I am his child. Can you say that? You don't have to say it out loud, but can you own that? Actually, I am God's child. I really and genuinely am his child. I want to explain this in a way. And picture this. Imagine your parents are wealthy. I mean really, really wealthy. And they come to pick you up from school in a helicopter. I can't say I haven't dreamed about this. But see, when our parents land out there in the helicopter, we've got two choices. To just walk home like everyone else and ignore who we are, or we've got the option to run to the helicopter and grab our best two mates and jump in the helicopter. Because the reality is that's who our dad is. That's who our dad is. And it's not about what can I get, but it's understanding who we are. But I think so often we've got the helicopter sitting out there and we're ignoring it. We, we don't want to accept it. Oh, I, I, oh, I'm not, I haven't been good enough today at school. I'm going to walk home. And they go, I don't care. Come. Do, do, can you get that picture? It's not about what can we get, but it's understanding that that's how big God is. And 
What changes is when we understand that in our Father, we can receive the amazing joys and the freedoms and benefits of being a child of the King. Stop avoiding riding the helicopter. Can I say that? But it's got to start with that identity. I think so often we think, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Well, look at Jephthah. Look at the prodigal son. Yeah, we don't deserve it. But here's the truth. Here is the truth. It's not achieved, it's received. It's not achieved. Your worth was given to you before you were born. But you truly stepped into it when you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. You can't devalue something that's of infinite value. And it's hard for us to accept, but you are of infinite value. And why can I say that? Because the Bible says it. Our worth, our forgiveness, our acceptance, our adoption cannot be earned. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And we keep trying. You can't achieve it. You just have to receive it. I want to put it this way. At Christmas time, when I give presents to Zach or Emma, they don't open the presents and go, oh, well, Dad, how can I pay you back? Oh, Dad, I didn't deserve that. No, I, I can't receive it. No, they get the present, they rip it open, they look at it for a second, they put it down and go, where's the next one? <laughs> now, I'm not saying we should come to God all the way or the, every time like that, but that is who we've got. Our dad is not Santa Claus, but we've got to know we can come to him worthy, forgiven, accepted, chosen as his child. He's our Abba Father. He's our Daddy who wants to pour out the blessings and the favour. And just like Zach and Emma, I don't give them everything they want because I don't want to spoil them. I want them to grow up to be all that God's called them to be. So is God going to give you everything you want? No. Why? Because He's our good Father and He wants what's best for us. But that doesn't change your identity, that you are a child of God. Now, if I could have the band back, please. See, this is something that we've got to step into, church, because I think so often the world is trying to rip us away from our true identity, but more than anything, they keep trying to put labels on us and labels and labels, and we wear them willingly. We, we let the world put these things on us, but the truth is we are forgiven. The truth is you are chosen and you're loved more than we can understand. You are not a failure. It doesn't matter how successful you've been or how much of a failure you've been because God loves you just as you are. And so often we don't get that revelation. We don't get that revelation. We don't understand it. But when we get that revelation of who we are, of whose we are, that we are a child of the King, it changes everything. It changes the way we, we come to our prayer time. It changes the way we relate to God. It changes the way we live because we know who our true identity is. We know who it is. The last scripture, Hebrews 4 verse 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. You know, if Zach or Emma need anything, they run to Jody because they know Jody will give them anything. But that needs to be our heart with God. We come boldly. We don't worry about what we've done. We don't worry how long it's been. 
Jesus doesn't care. He's waiting like that father with the prodigal son with open arms saying, come, run to me. I accept you. You are forgiven. I choose you and you are my child. I've adopted you. God sees the real you, the whole you, and he's given you a label. Man, I can feel this. Oh, I can feel this so much. Can we just stand up wherever you are right now because I've got to speak it over your life. God sees the real you. Man, receive this church. God sees the real you. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your mess. He sees you in your brokenness. And you know what He puts over you? He puts the word child because you are His child. And right now, I just believe we have to receive it. We have to walk into it. We have to step into it. So we're gonna sing that song. We're gonna allow God to move. We're gonna sing that song, Who You Say I Am, and just allow God to put that label there. Come on, let's sing it out. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Oh, we receive it. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Come on, receive it. I am chosen, not forsaken. Even at home, come on, declare it over your life. every person God who's watching who's in the different services God and we just declare God help us God to to purposefully and slowly God remove the wrong labels to remove the labels that we've placed on our lives that have been placed on us God, but as they are being removed, God, we pray, God, let us step in, Lord, to our true identity. Lord, that we are a child of the King. And that nothing we can do can change that. 
God, I so thank you for that. God, give us that revelation. God, not an idea, but an understanding. God, an identity that we can live in. God, I just receive it. God, and let us walk in it. Lord, let it change the way we live. God, I ask for that. God, I I pray, Lord, this week for those healings. God, the the healings of of things that have happened in the past that have caused us to carry wrong labels for so long, to feel like we can never be accepted, like that we're never good enough. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your love. You know, just right now, and as we come to close this service, I, I want to ask anyone in the room or anyone watching anywhere, do you know what it means to truly be forgiven? Because if you don't, you've come to the right place at the right time. See, I don't know what you've done, but I know that we're all sinners. We've all done wrong. Why? Because we're human and that's okay. But Jesus loved us that much that He didn't want us to have sin like you've heard. And we can be forgiven. You know what it takes to be forgiven? We just need to ask for it. We just need to receive it. And I know that there are people sitting in this room right now where you don't feel like you're right with God. You're watching right now and you feel so far away from God. And why? Because you haven't come and you haven't asked them to forgive your sins. You haven't asked them to be your Lord and Saviour. Will your life become perfect when you do this? No. What will happen is it'll wash your sins away, like we've heard about. And you'll enter into a relationship with Jesus. You'll become a child of the King. And then from there, God will be with you. Heaven will be your eternal destiny. But it starts with this choice. It starts with this decision. And as no one's looking around in the room, or in any room or any location, if you know you need to get right with God, maybe you're backslidden, you've walked away from God, this COVID season is taking you so far away from God. Today, you're in the right place at the right time. If you wanna make this choice, if you need to get right with God, I want you, if you're in this room, I want you to just lift your hand up and say, yes, Sam, I need to make that choice. No one's looking around. People are praying that you make this decision. If you wanna know that you're forgiven, If you're here, I'd love to pray for you. All you have to do is raise your hand. I'm going to see it and we're going to pray together. Is there anyone in the room right now and you're saying, yes, Sam, I want to know that. I want to walk into that. I know that there are people right now that need to do it. Is there anyone with the courage to say, yeah, today I need to ask for forgiveness. I'm not right with God. Anyone in the room? Okay, I know that there will be people all around, all around the country, even in this room, who need to pray this prayer. So I want everyone to pray this prayer. And if you're watching anywhere and you want to get right with God, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I want to say thank You that You sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I ask right now that You forgive my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my Father. Help me to be your child and to walk in it every day. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Hey, if you prayed that, if you're in the room or you're in any room or if you're at home, please get in contact with us. You can send us an email at info at churchunlimited.co.nz or you can send us a text uh, to next at 5301. We would love to help you on this journey. If you're in the room and you actually pray that prayer, please talk to somebody because honestly, that is the start of a journey that we'd love to help you on. Well, I'm going to ask Pastor Ivan to come and close off the service. Hey, let's walk in this identity of being a child.